Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, praise team, that was awesome. Especially David, right? I mean, he's so excited about praise and worshiping God. It's, I mean, it's awesome. He's been at our house um, living with us for the last three weeks. And man, he has like so much energy and so much joy. And it's so contagious. And we're so glad that uh, he's actually kind of like the face of praise team nowadays. I know you guys really enjoy watching that. Before we actually get into a sermon, to our sermon, um, one thing I wanted to do was actually pray for um, all the people, especially our church member, I realize, um, that, are, that are in the health professional and that are directly, or even if they're not, they're being personally uh, affected by this coronavirus. Uh, for me personally, uh, if you guys are asking me how, I have, how, how I've been affected, I haven't really been affected at all. I mean, I always worked from home. And so I'm kind of used to being at home. Of course, I do go out for Bible studies and all. Uh, but still, for me at least, personally, it hasn't, it hadn't really hit me. Um, but I realized through our prayer meeting and through different people that I talked to, I realized, man, it's, it's getting really, really, really personal for a lot of us. And a lot of us are being affected by it. And so I just wanted to take this time to thank all of our church members uh, who are in the health field uh, to really show our appreciation and yet also to recognize that uh, what they're going through is not easy and to actually pray for them. So I actually wanted to take just a minute uh, to actually have all of us, I know we are praying for them constantly, but I specifically today I wanted to actually have time to uh, pray for them right now. And so let's just take a minute to pray for them. And afterwards, I'll, I'll end with a, a prayer as well. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you and uh, we acknowledge that you are our Father and you are our God. God, we don't understand why things like these happen, uh, but we are deeply affected by uh, this virus and it has put many people's life on hold. It has uh, really, really affected uh, people it has and there's a lot of your daughters and your sons actually dying and suffering because of this but God instead of uh, going further away from you we want to come closer to you through this because it is only with you that we can even make sense of these things God I pray specifically for our church members who have been affected by this whether it's be their business being shut down uh, whether they have to interact uh, with uh, people who do have this virus, or whether even if they're just at home, they feel isolated from their friends. God, you see all of us, 
And you don't want us to go through these things. So God, I pray that you continue to let them know that you are with every single one of them. And that you are walking with them in this time and that they are not alone. God, continue to let us realize that you are with us. And through our series, uh, uh, Don't Waste COVID-19, God, I pray that you would help us to learn to shine through this darkness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Yeah, so like I mentioned before, um, we have a new sermon series. Um, it's called Don't Waste COVID-19. I actually got uh, the idea of uh, this series um, through a book called Don't Waste Your Suffering. So the idea of the book was, hey, of course, of course we don't want suffering. Of course we don't want COVID-19. Of course we don't want cancer. We don't want, obviously, we're not being masochists here. We're not saying pain is a good thing. And yet, he's basically, the author was trying to get at, hey, there are good things. There are things that we can grow from through suffering. So there's a phrase, if you guys know, no pain, no gain, right? And that's very, very true. There are certain things that we can learn through our suffering. There are certain things that we can actually grow. But we do have to understand that growth does not happen automatically. So what I'm trying to say is there's people who say you have to go through suffering, okay? Then there's going to be growth, right? So you, like, suffering itself is necessary. Or as anybody, anybody goes through the fire, then there's going to be growth. But that's actually not true, right? If we continue to use that fire uh, illustration, we see that, yes, absolutely, fire can purify gold. It, could, it, could, it can enhance gold. It can enhance metals. But yet, if you just leave it there, if you don't actually take proper care of the metal, it's just going to burn. And that's the same in our life. Okay? All of us are being affected to one degree or another by COVID-19. But just because we're affected by it, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden that we're going to grow. That all of a sudden that good fruits are going to come out of that. No. Because there, are, there is such thing called gain or pain, but no gain. We don't want that. We actually want to say, hey, we're, we don't want to obviously be in this situation. We don't want COVID-19 to continue to uh, go on. We don't like this whole shelter-in thing. Absolutely. And yet, there's things that we can learn. There's things, there's good things. We can actually grow through COVID-19. And so we decided to go with our sermon series uh, named Don't Waste COVID-19 because you can grow instead of shrink. You can mature instead of being paralyzed or stunting your growth. And so we're going to be uh, talking about that. Um, I was actually, a perfect example of this is I was looking over at the news this week, and there is many different people, um, actually, especially celebrities, actually giving back a lot of their salaries and money to 
uh, for people who are working in the arenas because you know a lot of them are um, working you know a lot of them don't have stable income a lot of them are not getting paid a lot and because of that they're because there's no games going on a lot of them are are in really difficult financial situation but these um, these uh, athletes are actually giving their check uh, so that they can actually support uh, people so again we see how uh, people through difficult times through painful times where it actually uh, brings out more generosity and brings out more love and that's awesome but I also saw another news uh, article where actually this man he got let go of his job and like his girlfriend was actually saying he was getting more and more and more anxious day by day looking at the news and saying like I can't handle this anymore I can't handle this anymore and so one day he actually came out of uh, his room with a gun and actually shot her um, luckily she survived uh, but he killed himself after that so again just because you go through suffering just because you go through difficult times that does not mean that you automatically grow it's really up to the person you have a choice i have a choice we all have a choice are we going to grow through this time or are we just going to say no this is horrible it's going to devastate me more i'm just going to hide and just wait until this all of these things uh, just ends no we want to be able to say no we're going to definitely grow through this so this is what our series is all about how do we grow through difficulties how do we grow through um, uh, suffering how do we grow through COVID-19 how do we grow when we're stuck in our houses all day today specifically we're going to talk about why a lot of times uh, many of us we don't deal with suffering well we actually to be honest haven't dealt with COVID-19 the best uh, so we're going to see how uh, we have um, uh, we are in we are uh, operating in a society where it doesn't provide us with the resources we're also going to talk about some of the negative ideas the bad theologies the bad thoughts about God bad expectations or uh, unbiblical expectations that we do have when it comes to pain and suffering and uh, how we need to flush all of that away right I mean if you want to learn uh, like for example a lot of people want uh, learn have learned guitar from me but they come with some bad habits and the first things I have to do is help them to unlearn the bad habits first so that they can learn guitar really really well and same thing for us a lot of us we have this pattern we have negative habits we have uh, negative thought patterns um, that we need to flush away first and then we then we can put in the good stuff so today we're gonna be flushing out a lot of the bad stuff and to uh, to see what the Bible really has to tell us and how we can actually grow instead of shrink uh, in this time if you talk to a lot of uh, sociologists uh, they're gonna agree with Max Scheller when he says this he said every society has a way of dealing with suffering Western culture is one of the weakest okay what is he saying he's saying every culture every single culture even religion even atheist doesn't matter doesn't matter who you are every person 
basically has a way they deal with pain and suffering. All of us, all of us do. We all have a protocol. But he says, if you look at it within the different cultures that we have, us as Westerners, us as Americans, we have the weakest system. Okay, what does he mean by that? Well, there's one more person. Uh, the second person that we're going to be going into, his name is Paul Brand. He actually worked with people with immense amount of pain, right? People with leprosy. Uh, and so he actually said this. In the United States, I encountered a society that seeks to avoid pain at all cost. Patients lived at a greater comfort level than any I had previously treated, but they seem far less equipped to handle suffering and far more traumatized by it. Okay? So Paul Brand, Max Scheller, they're basically saying the same thing. Us as Americans, we are not bad at handling suffering and pain because we are poorer. Okay? It's because we're actually it doesn't say that at all. It actually says we are more comfortable. We have more amenities. We have more tools. We have more riches. And yet, something about our society, it does not prepare us to deal with pain and suffering. Now, there's many different, probably, it's probably a most multifaceted uh, reason why this is the case, but I'll make one argument. And this is what a lot of them are actually saying as well. Uh, what a lot of them say is that um, our Western uh, culture doesn't provide us with any tools. It's because we live in a secular culture. Now, in a secular culture, what they say is they say there is no afterlife. Okay, there is no God. There is no morality. Right? So basically, you have just one life. Hey, young people, you guys know the phrase YOLO. Uh, that means you only live once. So the idea is, hey, there is no afterlife. Once you live this life, that's it. So what you got to do is you got to live the best life right now. Okay. So your goal in life is to be comfortable right now. Your goal in life is to prosper right now. Be happy right now here and right now because there is nothing after okay but because of that because our mind is only on my happiness my pursuit when suffering actually comes it becomes an interruption to our life there is no meaning for suffering there is no growth in suffering why how can suffering make me have more pleasure no suffering is an interruption to my pleasure my comfort my desires so when when um when suffering comes to us when covid19 happened to us when shelter in comes to us we are devastated because again it makes us uncomfortable it doesn't give us joy we want to go outside and go on party go have parties and holidays and just enjoy ourselves indulge ourselves but it's preventing us from doing that it just becomes a great interruption. It becomes this meaningless things. But if you look at a lot of the other cultures, right? For example, if, if we uh, take ideas from different religions, like for example, let's say uh, you're a Hindu and you're in India, um, 
you believe that suffering comes because you did something bad in the past. It's karma. Well, it's not a good thing. You don't want, obviously, suffering, but at least you have a purpose to it. There's a reason for your suffering, and there's something you can do about it now. Or take the Buddhists for another example. They say, the reason why you suffer is because you have attachments. Okay, so what do you do? You have all of these attachments, you have things that you have desires. Just let go of all of these. You see, at least you have, um, you have some kind of meaning. There's some kind of reason why you suffer. And there's actually hope. There's actually something else that can come out of your suffering. There's something you can learn from it. There's value to suffering. But for us, for the secular uh, uh, culture, there's absolutely nothing to it. It's just the speed bump. It's just the barrier. Okay, we got to destroy, we got to get rid of suffering as much as we can. There's no value to this at all. If anything, this is what, not all atheists, but this is what one atheist actually says about this question of suffering, this question of like wanting to even get something from suffering, wanting to ask, like try to put meaning to like COVID-19 or this kind of, like just even me, he would be like, what are you doing? Like you're trying to grow from, no, forget all of this, forget it, right? He would actually say this, this is what he says in his book. Uh, this is what uh, um, Richard Dawkins says, in a universe of blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt. Other people are going to get lucky. And you won't find any rhythm or reason in it, nor any justice. This universe that we observe has precisely the properties that we should expect if there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless indifference. Okay, what is he saying? He's saying we're living in a world where everything is random. There is no God. There is no supernatural. So, of course, okay, in this random universe, some random people are going to die. Some random people are going to get cancer. Some random people are going to go through suffering. It's just random. There is no meaning. There is no purpose to it. Okay? The world doesn't care about you. It's totally indifferent. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's not because you did anything good. No, there's nothing to it at all. He continues on. He says this. The question of why is a universal delusion. Why cancer? Why earthquake? Why coronavirus? Useless questions. We ask because we cannot admit the things might be neither good nor evil, neither cruel nor, no, nor kind, but simply callous indifferent to all suffering, lacking purpose. So again, what is Richard Dawkins saying? He's saying, listen, you guys are wasting time here. There is no purpose. There is nothing, nothing you can learn from this. Okay? There, there is no, there's nothing to it. Okay? But again, just let's say what he's saying is true. Okay? Try to apply that to your life and live day to day. Okay? COVID-19 has zero purpose to it, has zero meaning to it. It's just, oh, you got COVID-19? Sorry, bad luck, bad genes, your parents' fault. Like, imagine living with this kind of philosophy that there is no hope, there is no joy, there is no happiness that can come out of this. It's just, sorry, bad luck for you. 
but don't ask any questions. You see, that kind of mindset, again, is the reason, exact reason why, why, why uh, Max Scheller and Paul Brand is saying so many people in America have such a difficult time growing, thriving in suffering and pain because they just see this thing as a negative thing. We just have to get rid of it as far as possible. And again, that's actually making us weaker and weaker and weaker, right? Because again, you might say, well, what's so bad about avoiding it? Well, the thing is, you never actually solve the issue, right? We talked about this a couple of sermons ago, but again, if you just hide your problems, your suffering that comes your way, again, just because you hide from it or avoid it or dig, put it on the ground somewhere, that doesn't mean that it gets any better, right? And a lot of, a lot of you guys are in health professional, or you know when you get injured, again, we don't like to go to the dentist. We don't like going to doctors. Why? Because we, for us, we just want to get rid of the pain that we have. But they actually want a good doctor or a good dentist. What they do is they actually get to the root of the problem. Okay? And that's painful. It's not as easy as just the pill. But again, many of us, when it comes to suffering and pain, we just go, oh, we don't want this at all. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Okay? We just want a pill so that we could just be at ease. We could just be comfortable. But again, this is what actually shrink us. This is what actually uh, makes us more uh, indifferent. This is what makes us more um, paralyzed. This is what actually gives us more anxiety. And this is what makes us, why uh, we, some of us, we can't sleep at night. Again, it's because we are just avoiding the situation because again, our society hasn't uh, given us the tools. If anything, it has done us this service. It has given us no hope whatsoever. And we're just all left alone without any purpose or meaning. Now, uh, another thing that a lot of people do during this time is they actually uh, pull away from God. right? They go, oh man, God is a horrible God. He allows all this pain and suffering to happen. Why do I, you know... Why, why even search for God? God is a horrible God. But again, they don't realize that if you go away from God, then your view you're left with is Richard Dawkins' world. Okay? Again, that doesn't work for us. That devastates us even more. So what the Bible actually uh, tells us is, yeah, this is not a good world. There's suffering in this world, but there's ways we can actually grow. So for us, even though there is a tendency for us to like blame God, yell at God, be angry at God, that's actually better than just pulling away from God. For us, in time of, in time of suffering and pain, we actually need to get closer to God. So let's go into it right away. We're going to be uh, using uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 today. And this is what Paul says. Paul says, we are hard-pressed. On every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not 
destroyed. Just stay here for a little bit. What is it saying? It's saying, this is, what, this is something we have to really, really remember. Because a lot of Christians actually think that once I become a Christian, things are going to get better. Okay? The reason why I became a Christian is because I was having a miserable life, and Christianity offered me this like happy, happy, happiness stuff. So, hey, once I become a Christian, I'm going to have no suffering and no pain anymore. But is that what Paul's saying? No, Paul's not saying that at all. Paul's actually saying we are still hard-pressed. Right? There's still stresses in our life. There's still anxiety in our life. But it doesn't crush us. We are perplexed. That means what? That we have difficulty understanding some things. Why is this happening in this world? But that doesn't lead us into hopelessness, despair. We're persecuted. There's you know, people attacking us because, oh, you're a Christian. Why would you believe that naive things? There's, you know, there's people saying these things, and yet we realize that we're not alone. You see, we're struck down. We realize that, uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago, how all of us, whether we like it or not, we're dying. We're slowly but surely dying. And yet, we are not totally destroyed. So there is hope for us. I think this is so, so important for us as Christians to understand. Because, again, if we come in with this kind of bad theology, if we create our own God and say, Oh God, you promised all these things. You're going to be angry at your own God that you have created. Okay? Jesus has never promised an easy life for us. Okay? He never said things are going to actually get easier. He actually says things are going to actually get harder for you. And yet, I'm going to give you the tools to, for you to survive and to walk and to grow from uh, these things. This is what Jesus actually says in John 15. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will persecute you also. So again, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, hey, I'm living a life of persecution. I'm living a life of suffering. What makes you think that all of a sudden that your life is going to be okay? If you are following me who is suffering, that, that means that there is... It doesn't mean that all of a sudden in your life, uh, suffering is going to be eliminated. That's just not realistic. That's not what God promised at all. We have to understand that. Now, why is that important for us to understand? Because a lot of us, we go into life thinking, as long as I have my God card, no suffering is going to come away. And then we get, boom, we get blindsided. Right? But again, if we understand, oh, car is actually coming towards us. Yeah, again, we don't want to be in a car crash. But again, it's much better to be in a car crash where you know a car is coming towards you than when you are totally blindsided. And that's the first thing that we need to recognize is that, hey, we live in this sinful world. And again, Jesus never promises us that life is going to get easy. If anything, life might get even harder for us so that's the first thing uh, that we have to understand but we're not just left with like a negative like oh we're just you know suffering 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 no but there is actually hope second bad concept that we do need to talk about is this idea of uh, i know a lot of uh, christians and a lot of my friends who say these kind of things they say you know what i'm going through the suffering right now because God is trying to punish me. You know, like, 
I know that I made that mistake or, um, you know, I haven't been uh, praying hard enough. I haven't really been connecting with God. And so now God is kind of punishing me. It's kind of this like pagan religion, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, like the gods are angry at us. And now we have to like appease him by, you know, like sac like offering sacrifices to God. Kind of like, you know, I know, I know people like that. I know people who don't come to church, but like when bad things happen in their life, they give me like a fat check of like money and they say, hey, I, I actually haven't been paying tithe. And it's like, you know, do you, you know, they don't say that to me, like, you know, but they're thinking in their mind probably like, oh, now this bad thing in my life, it's going to get better, right? It's this concept of like, I'm going through these negative things and uh, I'm going through suffering because of like God is punishing me. Again, um, there is some truth to that. And yet there's something different for us as Christians. Uh, this is what actually Paul refers to in the next verses. He says this, For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also rise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. So the phrase that I want you guys to look at really is, it says, death is at work in us, but at the same time, death is at work in you. Okay, so what does that phrase basically mean? Well, it's talking about the gospel, right? It's The whole concept is, yes, there is some truth to this idea that we suffer and we are in this world with coronavirus because of our fault, because of our sins, right? There's truth to that. I mean, a lot of the suffering is uh, sometimes, of course, there's times where we don't understand it and it's not really our fault. But a lot of the suffering and a lot of the pain that we go through, it's, again, it might be either direct but indirect. A lot of it goes on us. So there is this some truth to, yes, this is a punishment from God. But yet, at the same time, okay, because of what Jesus has done for us, okay, you see, what Paul is talking about is he's directing us to the gospel. He's saying, hey, remember Jesus. Jesus actually came and died for us. So, there is this idea that, yes, because of our sins, there is punishment. And yet... Jesus is the one who takes our punishment from us. And he's the one who receives our punishment. So you see, Jesus is the only person that actually voluntarily, voluntarily takes on punishment. He voluntarily jumps into suffering. Why? So that he can rescue us from suffering. You know, recently I, I was watching um, a new Jesus film. It's called uh, The Chosen, I believe. Uh, if you have time to watch it, please watch it. I, I only watch like segments of it. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. I'm looking forward to watching it uh, probably tonight. But there's a scene where a leper comes, uh, someone with uh, like skin disease comes and says, Jesus, Jesus, please heal me. Please heal me. Have mercy on me, right? If you are willing, you can heal me. And Jesus comes up to him with like, oh man, it's like tearjerker moment. But Jesus comes up to him and says, I am willing. But you see, 
what I thought about at that moment is I realized, you know, before I just thought, you know, God can easily just snap his finger and make everything okay. But I realized that's actually not why Jesus is here on earth. That, that's not the reason why he came on earth. He actually came to say, I am willing to heal you, leopard. I am willing to heal you, sinner. Okay? Because I am actually taking your sin from you. Jesus is saying, I am willing, because he's saying, the sin that you have, the leprosy that you have, the cancer that you have, the coronavirus, the virus that you have, I'm not just disappearing, I'm not just, everything's all gone, no, I'm actually taking that from you, as I am healing you, I am being, I am bringing on the disease myself. I am dying for you. And you see, this is what Jesus is saying. On one hand, you are correct. That suffering, pain, death is part of our sin. And yet he's telling us because he came and took on our suffering, our pain, our punishment, now we don't need to look at our pain and suffering solely as punishment alone from God. No, Jesus is the one who takes all of that. So there is this uh, this balanced view and this is exactly why Paul is saying here death is at work in us right there is we still see how we still there is still suffering and pain and death that that awaits us and yet there is life at work because of Jesus there is life forming within us there is still death is not the end of us it's just the prologue as we talked about a couple of weeks ago that there's a great banquet awaits us, that awaits us so once again, this is, these are the two things that we need to remember. These are the two bad ideas that we have in our mind that we need to flush away. These are the bad habits, the bad thought habits, the unbiblical thoughts that we need to flush out. And the first thing is, again, this idea like, la 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 la, like once I have Jesus, everything's going to be fine. No, 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 no. Jesus says, expect suffering. But I'm going to give you a tool for it. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the weeks coming up. And second thing is, again, you are right that this negative things, the sufferings in our life is part of, because of our fault, and yet Jesus is the one who takes away everything. And so, like to go back to uh, what Paul talked about, yes, there is persecution, but we're not abandoned. There is pressure, but we're not crushed. There is, uh, we don't understand, but there is no despair for us. We are struck down but we are not totally destroyed at all. You see, Paul actually ends uh, this, this chapter by uh, pointing us to a very, very great hope. And this is really, this whole verse, these whole verses, uh, our whole sermon series is based on this idea. Uh, if you go to the next uh, verses, it actually says this. Paul says, therefore, do not lose heart. You see, for us, we don't have to lose heart. There is hope for us, right? It's not Richard Dawkins' world where we say everything's hopeless. No, do not lose heart. And this is the beautiful part right here. This is really exciting. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I mean, that's so beautiful. That's exactly what we're talking about. That's exactly what Don't Waste COVID-19 is all about. You see, outwardly we are suffering. It just does not mean all of a sudden everything's going to be fine now. But yet, inwardly, 
we are continuing to be renewed day by day. There is goodness that can still come out from this horrible situation that we have been placed in. So he continues on by saying this. He says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Again, Paul leaves us with great, great hope, even in midst of suffering, that we're not going to be defined by our suffering, but we're going to be defined through our suffering. That we're not going to we're not going to lay down because of our suffering, but we're going to stand up and we're going to learn to grow through our suffering. That we're going to be renewed. And this is beautiful hope for me, and that's beautiful hope for uh, all of you guys. Because again, it's really easy just to look at the news and look at COVID-19 and just say, man, like this is horrible and nothing good's going to come out of it. But to actually realize, no, God can make beautiful things. And to summarize all of this, it says in Romans 8, and some of you guys know this verse very well, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And this is exactly what God promises us. He says, okay, bring all your burdens, bring all your anxiety, bring all your brokenness, even though it's your fault. Bring everything to me. I am a God that can make all things work for good. And that's exactly what our series is all about. And we're not going to just lay down. We're not going to just say, okay, we're just going to hide in a, in a cave and just wait until COVID-19 goes away. No. We're going to actually come out stronger. We're actually going to become more mature through this. Let me just tell you a short story, and I'll end. A story of one of our church members. Um, he had been going through a lot of difficulties in his life. Moved to a new place. Okay, uh, Difficulty uh, trying to, uh, in his relationships, uh, at work and even in his family. And because of that, he was just, I mean, when I saw him, it was kind of like the perfect storm, right? You know, when they say, when it rains, it pours. I mean, there was just one period in um, uh, our church member's life where it's just like, it just kept pouring and pouring. I mean, like everything bad that could happen was just happening to him. And I could just see it in his eyes. It's just like, he's, man, this guy, he is not surviving this at all. Like, he is literally drowning. I mean, at one point, um, like, he just, he was, like, losing his mind because it, he just couldn't, ha I mean, understandably, because it was just so many things happening to his life that he couldn't sleep at night, right? He wasn't sleeping well, and he wasn't even eating because he had no appetite. And he just, like, came over to my place, and he was just, like, wiped out, right? But it's really, really amazing because as I was talking to him and I was, I was, you know, I kept talking to him about a lot of the things that we just talked about how, hey, there's hope and you got to hold on to Jesus, right? That things are not going to get easier, but hey, you can, you can stay afloat, right? 
And it was just really, really amazing as I look at him now, okay? One thing you have to understand is his life, his situation actually didn't get better, okay? I know like some of you guys have heard testimonies like, oh, I was going through a hard time and I looked at Jesus and all of a sudden everything, fine. No, no, no. And, and I'm not saying that those things don't happen. But I'm, I'm, what I'm talking about is uh, this church member, his life right now, even right now, it's not that his situation got better. If anything, his situation actually got worse. But as I saw him really holding on to Jesus, really taking his time to spend time with God, to really cling on to God, I actually saw him, before he was just like drowning, but now I actually saw him starting to stay afloat. Okay? Again, not every day. Some days he was drowning again. And we need, I needed to help him you know, to see it. But again... He continued to hold on to God. And like seriously, it's, it's so, so awesome for me. It's like an inspiration to me for me to see, see that because like sometimes I see him interacting with people and I just feel like, man, like did the situation just get better? And I talk to him and, and that's not the case. Again, it actually is worse, but because he's holding on to God, there's like poise, there's equilibrium in, his, in him. I, I sometimes I just feel like he's like he's so present that I feel like even though there's storm I told him I feel like you're just surfing through the storm and the wind and it's like he's almost not enjoying the suffer, uh, pain but he's just like surfing right through it and it's like you know what I have God I have nothing to fear it's not beautiful like don't you don't you guys wish you can do that through this, this COVID-19 situation, through the shelter-in situation? Aren't you wishing right now you say, you know what? Yeah, this is difficult. This is hard. I feel like there's pressure. Things are not working out financially. But you know what? You know what? I can, I can grow from this. There's things that God can teach me through this. Or do you want to say, no, forget, forget all of this. Like, I hate God. Like, forget this. I'm just going to wait until everything gets better and just become more of a negative person, more fearful person, person with more anxiety. No, none of us, none of us want that. Again, this is what God is offering to us. So question I want to ask you is, what kind of person do you see yourself after this COVID-19? Are you going to be a person who has become stronger, become more patient, better relationships? Or are you going to become a person who became more indifferent, more cynical, more bitter, more fearful, more anxious, more hateful through this experience? The choice is yours. You always have a choice. It's your choice. And God is saying, follow me. As we go into time of reflection, let us follow him and to see that he is the great light that we, need, we do need to continue to look at in this dark time.